Uh, this morning, I hope that this message be encouraging to you. I've made references to it. But we're going to look at the book of God. And, and I want to specifically look at the book that has been delivered to us and given to us. So if you have your Bible, we're going to look, to look at Luke 24. And then also on your bulletin, you'll see that we have fill in a blank and a room for putting some notes there on this. We're going to look at uh, this subject because I think it is very, very important. The world we live in today, we have a lot of people say, I like Jesus. And I'm good with him, and I'm great with what he teaches, and they'll, they'll give that uh, approval of Jesus' teachings, but they'll say, but I don't know about the book. I don't know about the Bible. I can't believe everything that's in the Bible and what the Bible has to say. What we want to do this morning is to simply look at what Jesus has to say about the book, the Bible, that has been delivered to him. And of course, we know in the context that's the Old Testament, but he didn't bring uh, any questions or objections into this. And then also look at... Uh, the inspiration and the Holy Spirit of whom he will send upon his apostles to guide and direct the rest of the scriptures. So we have this conflict today. And I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I like Jesus, but I don't like the Bible. And you can't do that. You can't separate the two. What we're going to see this morning very clearly is that Jesus teaches, he believes, he received the Bible, and he accepted it as the Word of God, the written Word of God, and we should too. And so as you have a lot of people today who say, well, I think this church tradition, and I think this history, and I got my opinions on what's going on in society, and I have this political conviction, and all these things tend to guide me, or what my family has taught me, all these things tend to guide me, but the Bible I just have disagreements with. I don't know if I can accept what the Bible has to say about this and this and this, which I think is very, very telling. But if we will believe in Christ and trust in Him and we look to Jesus, we can have the same faith and trust that He reflects and gives to us in the Word of God and in the Scriptures and in what has been delivered to us. So Jesus, there in the first century, is in a position of receiving a collection of writings to, read, to, to receive the 39 books of the Old Testament that have been passed down to him. You don't have Jesus standing up and saying, well, some of these books are in question, or I don't um, you know, like this teaching here or here, or and so forth. Christ is there, and he tells us what to do with the Old Testament. And furthermore, he gives us even more. He is in the process and has fulfilled the, the Old Testament, fulfilled the law and the prophets. So let's look at what Jesus has to say about the Bible. First, I want to go to look, Luke 24. So after Jesus has resurrected from the dead, he's giving instruction to his disciples. And I want you to notice the things that he says right here in regards to the scriptures. And we're going to note a few other scriptures that go along with this as well. So this is in Luke 24. But before we begin reading that, I ask that you pray with me. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we ask for your wisdom uh, Father, we know that if we ask it, that you will give it to us. Help us to rightly handle us to rightly handle the scriptures that are before us. Help us to stand by faith, to stand up for the scriptures in the Bible that you've given to us, that Christ has accepted, and what Christ has delivered through his apostles and prophets. Father, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for this revelation that we have from you. Help us to use it. Help us to share the faith. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so let's get our Bibles. We'll go to Luke chapter 24. And begin in verse 44. Luke 24 and verse 44. So here Jesus is with his disciples in Jerusalem. And it says, verse 44, Then he said to them, These are the words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that, that all things must be fulfilled, all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets 
and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And I'll add verse 49 as he concludes. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And very important too, as we are had the revelation of God continued through Jesus Christ and His fulfillment of Scripture. Here's some things I see right here about what we're reading and what Jesus has taught. Jesus taught, and He taught this throughout His earthly ministry, that all things written. Did you notice that? That's what it says there in Luke chapter 20. Thing. All things that are written. And He talks about them. And now the word written in Greek is grapheo, and its noun form is grape, which is where the, reason, the word that we have for Scripture. So when we're looking at the word Scripture, we're looking at that which is written. So all things are written. He's clearly talking about the Scriptures. And then he tells us the Scriptures that he accepts. This has been noted. Um, a, a lot of uh, scholarly men have noted this, that Jesus doesn't include any kind of outside books here or anything else to be added to the Bible. He gives the main three parts of the Old Testament. He says the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. And he says that they must be fulfilled and that he has fulfilled them. And so all these things are fulfilled in the Scriptures and in the Bible. So we see Jesus' approach. We see Him <coughs> accepting the Bible, accepting the Scriptures that have been delivered to Him, confirming them, upholding them, and fulfilling them. And we want to do the same. If Jesus has received the Bible delivered to Him, I want to do the same. I will accept the Scriptures, that all of it is inspired and given by God, and that it, that it is all fulfilled and completed in Jesus Christ. Second thing here is we see that Jesus is needed. If you notice there, he says he opens their minds and their understanding to comprehend the Scriptures. And when you look back in the Old Testament, Jesus brings everything together. He helps us from Genesis to Malachi to understand the Old Testament. And when we look at the 27 books of the New Testament, he has fulfilled it and he has shown us that. So Jesus is needed to understand and comprehend the Scriptures. And oftentimes when I hear people disagreeing about the Bible or a way to view a certain Scripture, we need to go back to Christ. And that usually is what is missing there, or who is missing there, is Jesus from our understanding, His teaching, and His input on the matter. Um, we'll, we'll add some more to that as we go along. Another thing I see here in Luke 24, verses 48 and following, is that He says, "...because it was written about the Christ, then it must be fulfilled." And as my New King James I just said there, he says, because it was written, it was necessary. Remember that? Jesus says it was necessary. So the things that are written are from God and they're going to be fulfilled. There's no changing it. There's no altering it or anything like that. You can't do that. It's going to be fulfilled. And so you see Jesus' fulfillment of the Scriptures affirming the Bible that is unchangeable. We see this. The Scriptures predicted the death and the resurrection of Christ. So the Old Testament, what Christ has received, emphasizing the Gospel of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so we see the importance of that message as it helps us to understand all the rest of the Bible. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, is the death, the burial, and resurrection as predicted in Scripture 
is there as of first importance. And that should be our foundation from understanding the Bible. I think a lot of churches and a lot of different groups of people have come to great disagreement because first, they did not believe in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That they'd altered it. That they changed who God is or they changed who Jesus is. And that will affect the way that you view the Bible and the way that you use the Scriptures. And here, we want to start with that foundation of the Gospel. And when we, when we do this, when we have so many people saying, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in the book. Well, I would say, well, Jesus believed in the book. He believed in the Scriptures. He upheld Him. He fulfilled them. And His Gospel is the basis by which we understand and use the Bible, use the Scriptures. The Scriptures predicted the time, the era of the Messiah, and that it required repentance in this era. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so we have that the Bible is there and the message is there to change us. The Gospel message is there to change us, to help us to change. And so I need the Bible. I personally... Every one of us, we need the Bible to change our thinking, to change our hearts. And we see that taught in Jesus Christ. We see this as well, that the preaching of the message of Christ, it would begin in Jerusalem, and then it would go to all the nations. So here we have the Gospel. And it's been given to us and delivered to us. And it's intended for all nations, all ethnicities, and all people to have it, to uphold it. And we want to do that. And the next verse there, we looked at verse 49 we would also see there that Christ promises the Holy Spirit, the power of God to come upon them because they would be inspired by the Holy Spirit, that they would be guided, that they would bring in more revelation and that they would give all truth to those who would come to Christ. So I think it's very clear by looking at Luke 24 that Jesus received and fulfilled all the Scriptures. Not some of them. He received all of them and He fulfilled all of them and that were delivered to Him. Delivered down through the Jewish priest. When you go back to the Old Testament, you see that Moses wrote the, the Pentateuch. He takes the first five books of the Bible and he gives it to the priests for their keeping, to keep a copy of it. In Deuteronomy, it says when there comes a king, he is to have his own copy of the Scriptures. When you read the book of Joshua, you see in the book of Joshua, when Joshua finishes it, he reads it and he says this is to be added to the law and is given to the priest. So as these books were written in the Old Testament, they were being collected under that priesthood, by prophetic men guided by the Holy Spirit, just like we read about in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. And they were collected then. In the New Testament, what we see is that the Bible, the New Testament, was collected in the first century under the oversight of the apostles. Well, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to say, well, some of it I don't like? Uh, we had a discussion on one Wednesday night uh, of the objection that many people have to the Apostle Paul. Well, I don't like what Paul said about this. I don't like what, I don't like what Paul says about that. So, the observation was this. If you don't like Paul, and you don't want a part of what Paul says, then you're excluding everything that Paul says. But if you're doing that, then you've got to do those who worked under him and served under him. That would have been Luke. So, you you can't accept Luke's writings because he's in full association with Paul. So, you're going to have to take out Acts and Luke, the Gospel of Luke. But Luke also affirmed and quoted from the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. So, what are you going to do with them? And then you've also got Peter. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, 15 and 16, he says that God's wisdom was given to Paul in the writing of Scripture. So what are you going to do with Peter now? What are you going to do with 1 2 Peter? What are you going to do with the Gospel of Mark that was written by Peter's teaching when Mark wrote it down? So when you get done with it, almost every book of the New Testament is going to be thrown out when we start playing these games. When we start saying there's some things in the Bible I don't like. There's some people who wrote things that I don't agree with. Well, who's the standard now? 
Now the standard's not God. Now the standard's not Christ. The standard's no longer the Bible. It's you. Because of what you want. Because of what's been delivered and passed down to you. Now, we don't want any part in that. But I love what Christ teaches. And I want to follow Jesus. So what am I going to do? I'm going to receive the book as He received it. What did Jesus say about the Bible? Well, we read a little bit there in Luke 24. Let's read a few more Scriptures. Notice this here. Jesus received the Bible, the Old Testament. He often referred to it as the Law and the Prophets. Or called them the Scriptures. And Jesus revealed this. Listen to what He says here in Luke 16, 16-17. Jesus says, The Law and the Prophets were until John. The Law and the Prophets. That's the Old Testament was until John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. What has now come? Christ has come. What's He doing? He's preaching the kingdom of God and the fulfillment of it. And He says, and everyone is pressing into it. There's no more staying in the Law and the Prophets. You're coming now to be confronted with the Messiah, the Christ, the One who was prophesied to come. You're being, pressing, you're being pressed into it. And He says, and it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for a tittle of the law to fail. And that's very interesting that he says that. There's no part of the law that's going to fail that he's going to fulfill it. But Jesus also says, you remember this in Matthew 24 and verse 35? You can also see it in Mark 13 and verse 31. Also in Luke 21 and verse 33, where Jesus says, My words will never fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not. And so the words of Christ are going to be passed on. And that's Jesus equating his words to the law of Moses and the prophets that have been passed down. We see Jesus' view of the Bible. The way He speaks about it. None of it will pass away. That He would fulfill it. And so we can't take a part of the Bible and just simply cast it out or ignore it. We want to know all of it. We want to follow the example of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 24, back to where we began. Look at verses 24 to 25 as He's on the road of Emmaus and He's teaching those disciples there and He's talking to them. And what they're dealing with is that the tomb of Jesus is empty and His body is gone. And some have reported that He had risen from the dead. And so Jesus' response to this is, you foolish ones, oh foolish ones. So He says, oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. To believe in what? In all that the prophets have spoken. What's He referring to there? He's talking about what has been written. The Old Testament. And how much of it? Some of it? No. All that has been written. All that has been spoken. He says, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? And it says here what Jesus did. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, all of them, He expounded to them in all the Scriptures. In all the Scriptures. Not some of them, not a part of them. He accepted all of it. Moses and the prophets. He said He was fulfilling it. He expounded to them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. It was all for this time. So there are a number of passages that stand out. and You cannot escape this. Anyone who says, I I want Jesus, but I don't want the Bible, I'm thinking, when's the last time you read a book of the Bible? When's the last time you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Go read them again. See how much Jesus quoted from Scripture from beginning and end. When He's uh, baptized and the Holy Spirit ascends upon His head and He goes in the wilderness and He's tempted and Satan is tempting Him, what does He use? Where does Jesus stand? He stands on the Scripture and He quotes those passages. Right after that, in, in Matthew chapter 5, you have Jesus getting up and giving the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5-7. through 7. And what does He do? He goes through the Scriptures. He quotes from them. He talks about how, he's gonna, how He fulfills them. And He gives further instruction and expounds upon them. Jesus teaches 
throughout the Gospels, from the Scriptures, all of them. And Jesus says in John 10 and verse 35, He says, the Scripture cannot be broken. What has been stated will be fulfilled. It will hold up. And so, when I hear Christ and I see His teachings in the Bible and I love Jesus and I know what He's done for me and that He died on the cross and He rose again the third day, what am I going to do with the Bible? I'm going to uphold it. I'm going to believe every bit of it. I'm going to see that Christ has fulfilled it. I'm going to read the Scriptures where Jesus says to His disciples, I will give you the Holy Spirit and He will guide you into all truth. So I trust Jesus' apostles and His prophets and the Word that they have revealed to us. I have no reason to doubt that. The other things that we read in Scripture, we read about this in John chapter 5. In John 5, Jesus is giving these witnesses, and He says, look at My works. Are they not from God? He says, that's a witness. He says, do you not hear John the Baptist in his preaching? That's a witness of who I am. He says, you see these things. God the Father attested Me in the Bible and in the Scriptures. Moses speaks about Me. This is what we read right here in John 5, 37-40. Jesus taught, He says, the Father Himself who sent Me has testified of Me. God Himself has done this. Well, how has He done it? How has God testified of Jesus as the Christ? He says, you have neither heard His voice at any time. He's talking about those who are doubting and not believing. He says, nor seen His form, but you do not have His Word abiding in you. What Jesus is saying is, you don't believe in Me because God's Word is not living in you. You haven't accepted it and received it and taken it all in. He says, but you do not have His Word abiding in you because whom He sent, Him you do not believe. Because you don't believe in Me. And I think that's very true today. The people are going to pick apart the Bible and choose what they want and and reject other things because they haven't fully received and accept Jesus. They don't fully know and accept who He is and what the Bible has to say about Him. What the Gospels attest about Him. What God the Father has attested in the Scriptures before about Him. And so we read this. He says, you search the Scriptures. You read them and you search them. But what do you do with them? He says, you search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. Now, he's not denying that at all. He's going to build on it about the eternal life. You think that you have eternal life. And he says, and these are they which testify of me. What testifies of Him? The Scriptures do. The Bible does. That's the testimony of God the Father that He is who He said He was. He says, but you are not willing to come to Me that you may have life. You're not willing to come to Me to have eternal life. So there are things that stand out about this. A lot of questions that come to mind. And Have you ever had discussion with friends and family and heard some of the things? I know a lot of things that I've heard. The things that people will say They'll say, oh, well, I was brought up this way and I believe this. What am I to do with the Bible when the Bible says this? And I would tell them, receive all of it. You believe Christ. You believe the book that's been delivered as He did and accept it. But should not Christ in the Bible, and I hear this a lot, agree with what my family believes? And someone would say, I was raised this way and my mother always taught me this and my father taught me this, but Jesus says that or the Bible says something different. Well, what do I go with? I'm going with the Bible. I'm going with Christ. And any good father or mother will tell you the same thing. Go with what the Bible says first. You know, even if I said something that was wrong, go with the Bible, not me. And I want my children to hear that. I'll go with the Bible before you go with what mom and dad says. Definitely. Over family. Should not the book that Jesus taught um, 
Should it not agree with what my friends think? You know, well, my friends think this. You got a lot of people today. It's always about morality many times. Well, I'm trying to justify this. I can't be with my spouse anymore. And I want a divorce, but I know what Jesus says about that. Or I want to live in this way. And everybody's come up with some other form of identity and sexuality or whatever you want to say. But what does Jesus say? What does the book say? What do the Scriptures say? What am I to choose? I'm not choosing my friends over Christ. I'm choosing Christ. I'm choosing His book. So we come across these questions. Even today, when it comes to politics, people say, well, society's form of justice is saying this. Yes, but what does Christ say? How does He say to respond to it? Does He say to take up arms? What does He say? How did Christ respond while, uh, while Israel was under the oppression of Rome? While Christians were under the oppression of Rome, how do we respond to that? The Bible tells us we trust in God. We follow Jesus' way of handling it. We go with what the Bible has to say. We agree with Christ. So, you know, we're being pushed with this. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. Yeah, and often get pushed in the corner and, and someone will, will kind of say, listen, I have a grandmother who did this. What do you think about that? And the only response is, Jesus said this. The Bible said this. Yeah, but how can you believe that? I, I'm, I, I think my, my grandmother or whoever it was was okay. Yes, but the Bible says this. And that's the book that Christ accepted. We cannot be moved. We cannot be moved from the truth. So what do we see here? We also have questions like this. People will say, if Jesus' Bible is right, why are there so many different interpretations? Why didn't He teach His disciples to interpret it in the same way? Well, I believe that He did. And I think that the problem is, is with us, isn't it? We, we go to passages like 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, and we read the instruction that we are to rightly handle God's Word. And what is the issue here? Why is it that you have people disagreeing or coming up with various interpretations? Because we're, we're taking from what society says, what our friends say, what our family says, and we're mixing it in with the Bible and trying to alter things. That's usually what's going on there. And it also comes from ignorance. Jesus revealed this about the religious er leaders in His time. That they err. Why? Because they do not know the Scriptures. This is what He said to them. Matthew 22 and verse 29. To the Sadducees, He says, you are wrong. And why were they wrong? You're wrong because you know neither the Scriptures nor the power of God. Wait a minute. These are the Sadducees. These are the ones who are the priests. They're leading in the temple. They're offering the sacrifices. You would think they would know the Scriptures and the Bible better than anybody else. And Christ says, you're wrong because you don't know the Scriptures. I don't want Christ saying that to me. I want to make sure that I know the Scriptures and I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to study with me, to help me. We need to encourage one another in the study of the Scriptures because we can know the power of God. We can know His Word. And I had a few more thoughts here as we're looking at the full scope of Jesus receiving all the Scriptures. As I noted before, we know this. There's no violence or deceit in the mouth of Christ. Isaiah 53 says this. That Christ is without sin. 1 Peter 2 and verse 22. And there's three other Scriptures in the New Testament you can look up on this. Again, Jesus is without sin. So what does that tell me about His words? His words are without fault, without error. They're flawless. I have no reason to doubt or to question Him, the Messiah, the One who died on my behalf. God come in the flesh. As I read the Scriptures, I read what Jesus said about His own words. He says, My words are spirit and life. Do I believe that? 
To believe the words of Christ are spirit and life. I hear people say sometimes, well, I have my own spiritual life. i got my own relationship with God. Many times I want to exclude Jesus. You can't have a spiritual life without the words of Jesus. John 6.63 And again, as we go to the Gospel of John, we see what Jesus says about the apostles being guided by the Holy Spirit into all truth, not some of it, by His Spirit. And those things are recorded in the New Testament. And they're without fault. The people of Christ believe in the Bible. And we believe it because Christ believed it. We receive the Bible because Christ received the Word as delivered to Him, as has been revealed. And we've got to be strong in that. We've got to uphold the truth. So when someone today begins to question the Bible, I want to tell them about Jesus. What can you know about Him? We know who Jesus is. He was the Christ, that He died on the cross, that He rose on the, on the third day. But He received the Scriptures and He taught from them. I can't do anything different. I can't say anything different than what Christ said. And Jesus received all the teachings of Moses and the prophets and He taught with them. And as I've noted before, He used the Scriptures when He was being tempted by Satan and He taught from them beginning in the Sermon on the Mount and throughout the Gospels. So because we believe and trust in Jesus Christ, we believe and we trust the Bible. We trust the Scriptures. We uphold them. And I find it true when I read these Scriptures and these passages from Paul and Peter and what they say is they were guided by God's Spirit. And it's because of their words that the churches of Christ believe that the Bible is guided by God's Spirit, that it's without error, and that it's all-sufficient in everything that we need. And I can believe that because of Jesus Christ. For our invitation this morning, I want to leave you with this. The teachings of Jesus from the Sermon on the Plain, which is in Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, 46 to 49. We've heard these words before, but I hope we keep them in the context of what Jesus said about the Bible. This is what Christ taught. He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation and against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Well, if we're going to listen to the words of Christ and we're going to build our foundation on Him, then we must build on the Bible, on the Scriptures, on what He has fulfilled and what He has given to us. I encourage you this morning. Let's be bold and brave and faithful and confess the Bible. This is what we believe because Christ upheld it. If there's any this morning who haven't become a disciple of Christ, if you haven't become a follower of Christ, you can do that. You can confess your faith and repent of your sins. You can become a disciple by being baptized as you read about in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. I want to encourage you to do that. If you need prayers, you need to be baptized in the cross, you can come now. Let's sing together.